0: Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the class-leading Mitsubishi Mirage. Get your top-spec Mirage 3 for just £99 a month. Find out more at mitsubishi-cars.co.uk. Yes, and welcome one and all to the Once A Word Big Questions special. This is the much-anticipated pre-Christmas, pre-Easter, pre-summer shindig that is guaranteed to lob a helpless smile on your face and in some rare moments totally fuck up your giggle muscles. Our aim is simple, to get through as many of your frankly oddball questions within a specific but not publicly stated length of time everybody is welcome i'm here to protest right no not you clown shoes the european dream is failing and crumbling and definitely not you you big purpley yellow sack of bollocks (laughs) (laughs) other than that we're ready oh nana i'm so excited ian collins
1: wants a word
0: Tell you what, Kev, that's, that's very showbiz.
1: It is a bit showbiz.
0: It's a bit showbiz,
1: isn't it? Let me ask you a question about this before we get to the actual questions. Have you been on holiday? Might have been away. Are you on holiday now? Are you actually in a little sort of grass shack on a beach Might. as you talk to me?
0: Could be under the desk.
1: I'm sure I can hear the sea and some parrots. Hang on. Who's a pretty what?
0: <laughs> no, no parrots. <laughs> <laughs> or
1: maybe you're just back in Bromley.
0: Could, yeah, well, there's plenty there. So explain. Uh, Sideshow Care. What, what, what's, what's this For the uninitiated I mean it's, it's almost An annual event Like an awards ceremony Really uh, what, What's this all about <laughs>
1: What kind of awards ceremony A really yeah. awkward one Good point Like the MTV Europe Awards That's always a bit awkward Isn't it
0: Yeah Particularly when One Direction that, I don't remember MTV Being the kind of When I was growing up MTV was something That rebelled MTV kicked you in the shins If you looked at it The wrong way
1: One Direction? They're a popular band. The kids like them a lot, I believe.
0: But what? So was MTV always doing that kind of lark? I'm just seeing this through the prism of older eyes.
1: (laughs) Yes, Grandad. That's exactly it. That's probably what's happening there. One Direction is a band for the kids. I was listening to an American radio station the other day. Guess who's touring in America? Touring in America? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are, obviously. But okay. There's a band in particular who I assume were long since dead who appear to be making some sort of triumphant return in the States. And uh, the Americans, of course, go batshit crazy for them because your Yanks are like that. Who? Tears for Fears. Oh, stop it. No, tears for Fears are back. Really? Yeah. Tears for Fears? Tears for Fears. That's it, because Simple Minds are back, aren't they? Oh, I wouldn't surprise... Did they ever really go away,
0: though? Maybe not. Tears for Fears are back, ruling the world. Running the world. <laughs> Both. Church, yeah, and doing big business. Uh, so it would appear, yeah. Here's another music factoid. Go on. Did you know that the X Factor's Alexandra Berg's mum was in Soul to Soul?
1: No, she wasn't. I'm telling you. Was she Jazzy B? (laughs) Yes, that was her. Soul to Soul. (laughs) This isn't a music podcast, by the way. Don't get any ideas, but I liked Soul to Soul. Yeah. They had a certain groove, man. I saw Soul to Soul. Did you?
0: I did see I saw Soul to Soul in Victoria Park in East London.
1: But was this post-Huge Fame,
0: or...? Yes, it was post-Huge Fame, because Ken Livingstone introduced them. (laughs) Now, everybody, um, East London, um, not obviously electioneering here today, but he told us
1: It's like, yeah, that's when you know. It, it's all got a bit wrong when Ken Livingston introduces you. Yeah. Hey, who's introducing us? Is
0: it—is it Dermot? Is it Ryan Seacrest? Mm. No, it's Ken Livingston. <laughs> well, the trouble in Boris, you see, um, and off we go. You
1: make him sound like some sort of... I'm not even sure I could say. Twat. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking, but fair enough. Uh, but what we're doing, anyway, is uh, questions, because we have had a lot of questions piling up, so we have to get through them. Because when we don't answer questions, we get people sending us questions asking why yeah. we haven't answered the previous question, and they get upset. So to avoid that, we're going to clear some of the backlog in okay. a question special.
0: Good work. I like, the thing, I like the production behind this already.
1: Don't forget, you can email us a question at any time, ian at onceaward.com, kev at onceaward.com, or via Twitter. In
0: fact, if you do it right now, we're live, so we'll receive it at <laughs> this very moment.
1: Uh, we start off with Fat Mick. Mick says, lads, he's moved in media circles for quite some time, so has Ian, that's you by the way, yes. ever snogged a celebrity? And was it that one from Benefit Street? Ha! <laughs> White D. I'm assuming so. Sheridan... Sm- Sheridan Smith? Is it Smith? Sheridan Smith's an actress and singer. She's Silla, isn't she? She was
0: Silla. She was in Two Pints of Lager. you smelled she- her? Uh, th- there was a moment, yes.
1: How did that happen?
0: That she came into the show that was on before me, when I used to work at the other place. Uh, so she came in as a guest, and uh, established that she was born in the same place that I was born, more or less. And we got talking. She'd had a few ales. When she said goodbye... She went in for the snog. Well, I'm. I'm. Kid you not. Not
1: bad at all. Yeah. So because she played Silla Black, you're effectively like just a you know a, a mere um, bit of tonsil hockey away from Silla Black. Then.
0: Yes, I was Bobby. Really, in that respect.
1: Are <laughs> you Bobby? So Silla Black then?
0: I've essentially snogged Silla Black.
1: <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even sure we'd get an answer there. Well done, Mick. <laughs> uh, Phil in the Philippines, which might even be where Ian is at the moment, says, uh, will you be having a two-minute silence on this podcast to mark the death of comedy? Oh, very funny.
0: He's amusing, isn't he? Listen, Phil, you co- <laughs> juggling thunder... <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. This is Premier League stuff. In fact, can I tell you something about um, uh, two-minute silences? Mm-hmm. Because for the first time ever, uh, the other Sunday, well, the you know eleven o'clock, two minute silence. Sunday. It, well, here's a question: Were you at home when that happened?
1: Yes. Uh, was I? No. I was, of course, um, uh, marking it respectfully. So I was in a state of complete silence. But if you no were
0: at else. home, would you do the two minute silence at
1: home? In my youth, when I was in the Boy Scouts, yes, and I would have also stood for the national anthem and all manner of crazy stuff that they made you do back then but these yeah. days terrible though it sounds having bought a couple of poppies and and some for all of my friends um i uh i probably i don't know maybe so, not
0: well okay for the first time ever i was actually in a supermarket at that time right this is never i've never been out in a public place when they have the 2 minute silence so the tannoy says sort of 10 minutes before Good morning, customers. To commemorate, obviously, uh, the ele- you know, 11 o'clock and all the rest of it, the two-minute, we're going to have a two-minute silence. So you are given a bit of notice and you think, what do I do here? Because uh, there's a part of you that feels, uh, not that you don't want to commit, of course you want to commemorate it, but you- you're you a bit embarrassed because mm. it's in-, in-, in the public thing. Can I get me fishy fingers and be gone <laughs> by about three minutes to? And I think most shoppers, if they're right, think about that. But anyway, we, we were in there for the long haul. So they suddenly say, you know, and now, uh, customers, it's uh, 11 o'clock and we would like to have two minutes silence. And everybody stops. And apart from a few kids, you can understand who are you know, making a bit of a noise. It, it's all very quiet and everybody's being very respectful. Wow. So who is the one little fella <laughs> that carries on shopping? <laughs> who is the person that just... Do you not notice as you walked into the supermarket that everybody is standing still No one is moving around. How long would it take you to clock that, realistically? It might be a bit weird if you haven't realised. You've just walked in. It's halfway through the two-minute silence. But once... I don't think it would take very long, would it, for most people to register. Something's happening here. Oh, yes, it's... it's, Yeah, it's Sunday. It's Remembrance Sunday. We're going to stop. And you don't carry on shopping.
1: No, well you'd try not to, wouldn't you? Because you'd think even if you don't care about which, you know, and the kind of person that doesn't care about marking sure. the occasion, it's clearly a bit of a tit, but you would sort of think, well, I don't want people to think I'm a bit of a tit, no. so maybe I'll just put down my pot noodle and my box of tissues, and I'll um I'll 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 wait and just show some respect.
0: Although there was a little bit of me that thought this would be a fabulous moment to grab that last frozen DVD. <laughs> Only a couple left there.
1: Have you seen that thing? No. The kids are all into it, you know. Uh, from Ming Jean's clean bean scene, <laughs> Ming Jean or his clean bean says, "I have a genuine question. I hope you can assist with."
0: I love the fact that he says, "I have a genuine question," which kind of presupposes that a lot of the people write in just with errant claptrap.
1: <laughs> You've heard this podcast, have you? <laughs> Andre, give me some genuine question music! Mean Jean or has been seen, been seen Jean Gene, Gene, writes, My aunt is 80 years old and every Christmas she buys me a really cheap present. Last year it was a highly inappropriate Christmas thong with a light-up red nose. And the year before it was a t-shirt with a picture of Noel Edmonds she'd had printed. As I said, I liked him once when I was six. Yeah. I know she means well, but how do I get the message through that I don't need all this crap?
0: So does that mean, working consistently, he's, he's in line for more Noel Edmonds memorabilia of some sort?
1: That would be my guess. I Possibly think it...
0: a, a fluffy beard, or <laughs> beard slippers, maybe.
1: Have you seen Noel mm. recently on the TV? Yeah. He's sort of like, he, it looks like he's held together with sticky tape.
0: Yeah, and he's kind of got this weird kind of colouring his beard thing going on.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah. But it's not like he's sort of using a... A beard dye, it's like he's got some. Do you remember when you were a kid, the, you got the <laughs> shoe polish stuff yeah. in the tube that, with a sponge that you just rub all That's over right. your school shoes? It's like he's, he's t- taken a bit of that, too. But here's the
0: thing he was the coolest guy on the telly. He was, yeah. No, as kids, he was the coolest thing on the TV and he looked uh, amazing. You just thought, you know, the guy's got cool, for the era, he's got cool hair, he wears cool shirts, he probably got a lovely guy. You know, he had a <laughs> helicopter, for God's sake. <laughs> he
1: did. You know, this
0: was a guy that knew his stuff. But he still looks like he looked then.
1: Only sort of like a slightly saggier version.
0: Yeah, but for a guy who's had a huge production company, not only presented the biggest programmes, made the biggest programmes, produced the biggest programmes, being top of his game, top of the tree, top of the... All of that, you would think he would be kind of aware of image.
1: The thing about... Don't, believe me, Gene, we will get back to the answer to your genuine question in just a second. But it is important to note that with Noel Edmonds, As you say, not only was he cool, I remember before going out on a Saturday night, you would sit and watch Noel Edmonds doing his NTV and things because, as you say, it was quite cool. He was popular. The doorbell would ring and it would be Tony Blackburn and everyone would go, yay, it's Tony Blackburn or John Pertwee. People would go, yay, it's it's John Pertwee and his splink. And (laughs) people really liked it and really liked him. And then somewhere along the way people stopped liking him a lot how did that happen did he start getting too clever because it was sort of like <clears throat> he had uh, like his, his gunge tank thing which was very popular uh, did they so did the
0: did the stopping liking noel happen when he was still on the telly do you
1: think i think it did and i think it was towards the end because i think noel got to the stage where he was very much like right i've done the gunk tank now i have to do like a gunk roundabout and we have to have six celebrities, and we have to have another six celebrities on the outside, Mm. and 14 gunk traps, and all of that. And it just got too fiddly, and people went off it. And it was like, ugh. I mean, if you look at what Ant and Dec do on a Saturday, they're just doing Noel Edmonds, really, aren't they? Yes, the same thing. But
0: I don't imagine them going quite so stale, as Noel did.
1: No, but then, it's it's difficult to know. But then he came back with his, his giant box quiz, Knoll's giant box. Yeah, called, but he's not it?
0: recovered, has he?
1: No, but he he made a big deal of how you know asking the universe a for stuff. A big deal. He made a big. He made no deal. Uh, you were fired. But he uh, he made this sort of. Is that the banker on the line? Yep. Andre, tell the piss off. He made this sort of thing about oh cosmic ordering. I asked the universe to send me this TV show. I mean, you know, he could have asked for a better one, really.
0: Yes, it was cosmic ordering, and he ordered a box quiz. That's what he ordered <laughs> up on the thing. and it's a, Have you ever seen the American version of it?
1: Uh, Howie Mandel presents Yeah, it, that's yeah. right. And it's sh- got naked women in it, hasn't it? With suitcases or something?
0: Yeah, and the banker you kind of see in silhouette. What's interesting on the British version, Noel will say, oh, I've spoken to the banker, and he says he's going to offer you £3,500. And on the American version, they say, you know... I've uh, just spoken to the banker. He's offered you seven houses and six cars. Yeah. And that's the level of prizes that they're they're still lobbing out.
1: So you're saying we should feel sorry for Noel again? So I don't know whether we feel sorry for Noel. I don't know what to think of Noel, to be honest. But more to the point, how does Gene solve his problem with his mad old aunt?
0: Oh, I've, I, I, you know, I couldn't
1: give a shit. <laughs>
0: really couldn't. Sorry.
1: Uh, from <laughs> Lawrence Llewellyn Jim Bowie. <laughs> What are you making of the right-wing media campaign against Ed Miliband? Are you part of this vicious onslaught, Colin?
0: This is driving me apoplectic at the moment, this right-wing media thing. Because, I tell you what, don't take my word for this whole Ed Miliband thing. Let's listen to a lifelong Labour voter. This is Dan Hodges talking about his leader. His own poll ratings are stuck in in the basement. I mean, they're subterranean. He's a Labour voter. <laughs> you see, the right-wing, what tends to happen? So the Mail on Sunday the other week had a, uh, suggested one shadow minister had briefed against Ed. And then, of course, the shadow minister then denies briefing against Ed. And then uh, the Twitter sphere with their hashtag WeBackEd, which, by the way, started off as hashtag em for pm until they realised EM was also the initials of Eric Morecambe. <laughs> so they ditched that Uh, And also Esther McVeigh, for that matter. So they ditched that and then got this sort of hashtag, we backhead, and they blamed it on this thing called the right-wing media. I have no idea what the right-wing media is. It doesn't exist in the BBC, it doesn't exist in LBC, it doesn't exist in any of the broadcast media. And what they're essentially talking about are some newspapers that have a dwindling readership. And does anybody seriously think that the average person, the average swing voter, is likely to be reading or believing one or two tabloids? Do they really think they are any longer that powerful? Twitter, Facebook has more power than Fleet Street does. I would suggest. Is this about politics? Yes. And, by the way, the newspaper that carried the big story the other Sunday was The Observer. wasn't The Times or The Telegraph or The Mail on Sunday. There is absolutely, categorically, unequivocally a briefing against the leader of the Labour Party... It's not been invented by scribes who have a right-wing proclivity. It's just a basic fact. End of
1: answer. Fact. Well, I'm pleased that you cleared that up for us. Yeah. Uh, speaking of clearing things up, from annoying Daisy, level with us. Is the I knew this question was going to come up. Level with us. Is this still a weekly podcast? As it seems to be about every nine days at the moment. It's nine days is weekly. Right. Well, <laughs> he, okay. Well, here's the deal on this. Yes, it is. In summary, bear with us till the end of the year, then everything will be back to normal.
0: Yes? Nine days is more regular than probably any other podcast out I
1: there. I, th- I think most of them are getting to be every two weeks. You do have some from America that are every week, but we're still, yes, I mean, yes, it is, and it will be back as scheduled, but bear with us, I think. Is yes. that fair?
0: Uh, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Still as many episodes you
1: get, by the way. And if you, if you find... Pound we, for pound. If you find we're not there one day, listen to one you haven't heard.
0: Yeah, there's 105 of these suckers out there. That,
1: that's exactly it. 106 now. This is this the 106 Glorious thing. But we'll be back on sort of the regular routine as soon as you get off your Caribbean island and put down those cocoa nuts. correct. From Father Abrams. Has there ever been a sitcom about a radio station? If not, why not? P.S. Talking of TV, what the with a banana splits
0: <laughs> well the banana splits firstly were probably they must have been just a figment of somebody's imagination they must have been somebody was just smoking a big one weren't they and said can we just invent some wacky shit and make people dress up with trunks and weird glasses and just do stuff
1: i thought it was a way of because you know they used to show a bunch of ropey old cartoons I yeah, the it was, Three Musketeers. There was the Three Musketeers, there was the Arabian Nights. Arabian Nights was great. There was always an adventure series, a really odd adventure series. That was never so good. Some kid on an island. No, but I, my understanding, and I'm probably way wrong about this, is that they invented these characters because there were all these shows that they either couldn't sell or were, like, a slightly third rate, even by the animation standards of the day. So in order to make them presentable, they stuck some idiots in uh, in costumes and made them run around and go, hey, here comes the Arabian Nights.
0: With a talking moose on the wall.
1: Exactly. and then it Two was like...
0: sisters who sang Tarara bumzia every time a door opened.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You've got that in your house though, haven't you? Yeah, I don't blame you. But <laughs> I think the, the deal with that is that it was meant to sort of and uh, I may be dead wrong, but my I seem to remember hearing it was to sort of make sure that all of these programs are somehow palatable. I mean, it's sort of, I've, I've, I've seen a banana splits recently. It hasn't and when I say it hasn't aged well, I, I think when not. I saw it as a kid, it was probably about 30 years yes, old it anyway. Yes, was. it
0: was. None of it was made in our lifetimes. No. And yet, it had the coolest goddamn theme tune ever to hit British TV.
1: Yeah, exactly. As a kid. And it was, uh, and I think it was, uh, it was the Big Breakfast that said, we're going to show the... It was a big deal when the Big Breakfast launched with Chris Evans and Gabby Roslin. It was like, oh, and we're showing the banana splits. Did they
0: show the banana splits? And like, it was like, oh, this is
1: very exciting. But what they actually ended up doing was showing like a two-minute clip of the banana splits uh, and no cartoons or anything. And it was like, yeah, that's that's not really very good.
0: Not really, no. Do you remember the names of the banana splits? Uh, myth? Fleagle. Fleagle. Bingo. Spanner. But L- listen, Hang on, right, OK. I've just looked this shit up, all right? Uh, OK. So the main characters were Fleagle, who was a beagle, Really? Okay. Bingo, a gorilla. Right. Drooper, a lion. Snorky, called Snork in the theme tune lyrics, was an elephant. Uh, Flegel would assume the role as leader of the banana splits and would often... <laughs> Wack, the others before a show. <laughs> is that the case? No, but the first bit is true. But I didn't know they're not animals, are they? I think they're supposed to be.
1: But there's, there's another story there as well, and I can't remember what it is. And it it's either got something to do with the voices or the characters or... So, we Man, ne- isn't
0: there a Casey Kasem connection? Uh... Wasn't Casey Kasem one of them? I don't know if he was. You know, Dom the, Messick, was he one?
1: I think he might have been, yeah.
0: Maybe it was Dom... Yeah, Dom, I think you're right. I think Dom Messick was. I'm actually looking at a picture of the, the lion um, character. It is quite clearly a f***ing <laughs> lion. How <No>. I <laughs> didn't realise that as a child.
1: But do you remember then, there was a sort of... I'm going to say it was a UK equivalent, although it was nothing like it, but it looked a bit like it. There was a show called The Animal Quackers.
0: Yes, I do remember which, Animal Quackers.
1: Which I think was, was this. the suits looked kind of similar, but I think they were more sort of like trippy band or something, weren't they? Were they
0: trying to make, was that the idea that they were trying to make a, a TV equivalent of?
1: I don't, I, I, in my head they're connected somehow, which means it's probably completely wrong. But um, yeah. Anyway, the animal quackers was something I, I saw on YouTube because you know, far too young for that. Uh, to, Father Abrams did ask about uh, a sitcom about a radio station. No. Yes. Has there? Yes. No. Uh, Lenny Henry did one Delbert character in a of pirate course. radio station, and
0: yes, he did.
1: There was another one called. Now it was called. FM or something, and it was awful. Wasn't there one called Radio Fe- Phoenix? Something like that as well, yeah. There's been a few, but there's never been a, a good kid, one.
0: A, 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 like an ITV Kids, t- sort of Tomorrow's People type
1: era. Uh, really? Possibly. I, I think so. i tell you this much, though. I, and uh, As you well know, the stuff that happens in a radio station anyway, no one would honestly believe. Could possibly happen So if you wrote it down And tried to turn it Into a sitcom People would just think It was outlandish Yes I think that's probably true Uh,
0: Yes it would It would seem It would seem incredible I remember the first time Working in radio And I remember working Alongside somebody Who was A big old (laughs) And I remember Assuming That this person Would be fired Mm -hmm. Because Now this was the naivety Through the eyes Of a sort of You know 16 year old Or whatever it was I remember thinking, well, he's going to get fired because he's not a nice person. I genuinely thought he would get fired because he wasn't a nice person. I didn't even know as much of the dirt on him at the time. I just knew he wasn't very nice. And I thought, well, nobody employs someone who's not very nice. Not to that level. And then I realised he got promoted. I thought, that's a bit weird. What a strange industry. Why do you promote somebody who's a catastrophic bag? So the whole thing seemed amusing to me. Uh, but that was my first education, a baptism of uh, sort of radio e fire in, in, in a weird way that it didn't really matter if you were an utter cadoid. <laughs> you could uh, you could still do rather well out of it and now we know of course that uh, the percentage of people that fall within that particular quota or portion is uh, is healthy. I think it's reasonable to say. <laughs> we're the good guys.
1: Well there's only a couple of us.
0: Yeah. So Mitsubishi Motors in the UK is celebrating 40 years in the UK and here's something else to celebrate. The fab Mitsubishi L200 is now available with £2,000 off across the range. It's truly the ultimate pickup featuring super select four-wheel drive, meaning you can drive in two or four-wheel drive on any terrain with great finance options also available. Visit your local dealer this weekend and experience the Mitsubishi L200, the ultimate workmate.
1: Uh, From uh, Glasgow Gary. Glasgow Gary says, Has anyone still got a BSB squirial? I I have. Is it what? Have you? Yeah, well, no, this is what Gary says. Gary says, I have. I turned it up a bit, and it makes a very lovely bird table.
0: Nice. I bet you can get them on eBay.
1: You probably can. But, I mean, your your squirial, though, is sort of like uh, this... This was quite cutting edge technology at the time, I mean,
0: it was incredible. it looked better than what replaced it it course. did yeah, because it was very compact and it was slightly neat and it was less obtrusive and it didn 't you know stick out like uh, remember the original sky dishes were much bigger yes. than they currently are, so uh, it had more going for it, but it was sort of it was the vhs beta um, thing wasn 't it
1: well, it was digital as well wasn 't it because the sky I think yeah. the sky stuff was all analog and yeah. the bsB stuff was digital yeah. Quite advanced for the time.
0: Send it to us. We'll yeah. put it with our blankety blank checkbook and pen memorabilia <laughs> yeah. auction.
1: Yeah, and also if you do see a picture, if any, if anyone actually sees a picture of a squirrel on a house, send it to us, and we'll show Snap it. We'll show the best in the gallery. Correct. <laughs> uh, from Big Boss. In Carlisle, Big Boss says, you two seem to know your stuff. <laughs> What's the correct order of play? Stocking, then presents, or presents, then stockings?
0: Is this some kind of cross-dressing question, or is it, <laughs> is, is it a Christmas question? I gather it, it's a Christmas question. I hope so. Well, we've, I think we've stumbled on this territory before, haven't we? What is the order of play? Over, everybody has a kind of uh, a different thing. Uh, some people do that thing of they don't open their presents till after Christmas dinner.
1: It's a long time to wait, though, if you're a kid. Yeah, it is when you're
0: six, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, you can't open those 70 presents. Just wait for seven hours.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can't do that. Wait till you've had some food.
0: Okay, so where does the stocking go, first of all? Uh,
1: I think... uh, I would say you probably do the stocking...
0: Yeah, but where does it go? Where do you place the stocking? On the end of the bed? Or in the like in the living room, you know, attached to a mantelpiece or the equipment.
1: (laughs) I could say, attached to a man. (laughs) (laughs) You could do that that if you like. Where is he wearing it? I think the, um, uh, I like to chuck mine over the end of the bed, and hopefully when I awaken in the morning, it's filled with um, lovely goodness.
0: Correct, that's exactly what used to happen with us. And then you went downstairs, that's when you got your presents.
1: Yeah, yeah, because then your presents would be arranged in some way, because Santa has lots of time to deliver to all of the children of the world.
0: And he'd eaten your mince pie,
1: and had you had your sherry,
0: Munster cheese.
1: Yeah, had a had a bit of carrot. Although, although the donkey had had the carrot,
0: yes. not the donkey. Rudolph the donkey, <laughs> very famous donkey <laughs> not, in the donkey world. The not, only famous donkey, the, Rudolph. The,
1: the, re- the reindeer, the reindeer had had a, a bite of the carrot, and you know it was it's magical. I can't wait till Christmas.
0: I love. Yeah, I'm I'm up for all of that. I love it, and of course you know, brilliant for me because little little Sandy is only he's not yet one. And oh. you don't have to buy for the first couple of years, do you? Cause they no, know first ten years. About they know nothing about it.
1: First ten or twenty years. But, ah, the, but the good thing for you is you don't have to buy anything anyway, because Santa provides all of this stuff for free. Of so, course he does. So that's the good news.
0: Straight down a chimney.
1: Just make sure that you, you write a, a, a letter... And, uh, and post it. That's all you gotta do. It'll all be fine. And congratulations for not doing an emptying his sacks joke.
0: Never even entered my
1: head. From Flatulence Brown. <laughs> I'm sure I saw Benny from Crossroads bounding along on an oversized pogo stick outside a branch of Aldi in Stockton on Tees yesterday. The only thing <laughs> is that he was wearing a deerstalker hat rather than his trademark Benny hat, so there's a niggle of doubt in my mind. Have you had any confirmation? Because I had a very restless night thinking about it. That is strange about Benny from Crossroads, because by sheer coincidence, uh, Paul the Blue asks, Does Sideshow Kev watch any soap operas? I'd be keen to know, as I imagine him being a bit of a Crossroads fanatic. <laughs> is Crossroads on the way... It's not, they brought Crossroads back once, didn't they? They did bring it back. And it, it didn't do amazingly well, so they cancelled it again.
0: I Wh- think it. they actually f- they brought it back with some of the same characters in it, and i think after about three months i said this isn't working and it ended with two girls i think it ended as it started which were two cashiers in a supermarket two girls chatting and the whole three months or however long it was had been a dream
1: oh how dull yeah was benny in it that's a good point i'm not sure i I don't know did he do a bit of a cameo what's benny up to now what was his name? Paul. Paul Ross. Paul... What's Paul Ross up to now? Paul Henry, pantomimes and stuff. Pantomimes make a good money. You make good money from your panto, though, if, you're, if you've been on the telly.
0: Shall I just do? Shall I Google him? Google him. Paul Henry panto mime.
1: <laughs> Andre, give us some searching for a panto music.
0: No. I got nothing. I was going to say what know... I've got. I've got Henry Winkler though. Oh well, Henry. Apparently the Fonz loves a bit of panto. How does that work, the Fonz in a pantomime?
1: Because he comes over here and they pay him 100 grand to go, hey, while dressed as Buttons, and uh, then he goes back home again.
0: That's exactly what they do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, Henry Winkler, I think, is, is, uh, is a remarkable, hum- genuinely, I think he's a remarkable human being.
0: Uh, Paul Henry is back in Stafford to play Buttons. There you go. Oh, that's from 2001.
1: <laughs> well, maybe yes. he's still there.
0: Oh, there's a picture of him, look. Hello, Miss Diane. <laughs> so back to the question: Do you watch any soaps? Kev?
1: No. Be a brave side. Show. No, I don't. Not really. No. Are there any soaps on in the house? No, not anymore. There used to be about uh, about two thousand. Um, yeah. th- we we went through phase before we went because you know I did this incredible uh, trip around the world for a year. Well, it was meant to be around the world.
0: It was. It ended up being around the Isle of Man. Well, look... Still very good, though.
1: It's like the world to me. But prior (laughs) to that, we were watching like EastEnders and started watching Corrie and Hollyoaks was on. Of course. And uh, everything. And when we got back, we just thought, we're not going to watch any of that. So we didn't, really.
0: It's not a bad call, actually, to just completely blank it. Have you got any more questions?
1: Uh, I have two more this time uh, from Larry the Plimsoll. Larry says, Collins, I saw you on the Daily Politics the other day for about the 15th time, but I've never seen you... On question time. Have they asked you and did you decline in case you got stuck with some lefty snot bag?
0: <laughs> like Hazel Bleers or something.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, no, I've never been asked to do that. I, I kind of nearly got asked to do question time once. Um, there was sort of a phone call and a tenuous conversation. No, but no, I've, I've never been asked to do it. I did notice Matt Ford was on there the other day, though. Was he? Yeah, Matt Ford, guest, of course, previous guest on this podcast, of course. Yeah. Um, no one have been asked to do it. I, I think it's quite it's quite um it's quite hard to do apparently.
1: Don't they interview you twice or something before you go on it? Maybe. Because they want to make sure that you you're going to be okay and you're not going to go on and just go I agree with him and then just have a bunch of people... Yeah, I mean, agreeing. I think they've
0: Yeah, they've got to really be sure that they've got a bit of diversity in it. That's another thing that people talk about getting fixed. The only thing I would you know, they always say, oh, it's, it's biased, Look, the audience were this, the audience were that. They're not. There is no bias. Bias is what people want to see. So if People want to pick that up. You know, Sky News uh, regularly get that, you know, uh, Sky News is Fox News. No, it's not. No. It isn't. It's not legally allowed to be, and if you think it is, write to Ofcom, and they will jail the people responsible. You are not Allowed to show that level of bias, but if, you, if there's a sort of a narrative out there, this you know right-wing media thing they keep banging on about, and it's nowhere to be seen. Every place I work at, in radio terms, uh, there is a constant stream of emails and meetings about impartiality, equal prominence, particularly during elections and by-elections and the like. In all manner of areas, from the issue of terrorism to party leaders, it's absolutely watertight in that respect. But if you are listening out for right-wing bias or left-wing bias, and at the moment the Twitter sphere has this kind of obsession with right-wing media bias, which doesn't exist, but they think it does, other than you know, newspapers who overtly support one party or another, there's that, but the idea that they've got all the power when you know they sell about half a dozen copies a week these days. So.
1: Oh, but you know they're all in it together, right?
0: Oh, and they're all in it together. All, yeah. all of the political yeah.
1: parties are all in it together. And yep. all they're doing, and, and the BBC, and and commercial radio, mm. they're just making money for their rich mates that they went to school with. You realise that, right?
0: Well, it's interesting you say that, because one um, place that I work at, somebody went online and they discovered that... They looked up the board of directors, and right. they discovered that one of the directors used to work at the mail. Right. Uh, in the, For the mail group. And this guy decided that was all he needed to know to prove the point and I countered this by saying yeah but the, the company chairman is also chairman of the Labour Party board oh, all right. and Ed's best friend and uh, he said so what <laughs> I said what do you mean so what <laughs> Sorry, the whole basis of your argument was there's some bias going on here based on the fact that 15 years ago a bloke worked at the mail for half an hour. And now you're telling me when I try to usurp your point with something that is far more tangible and relevant, you decide that's not any part of this. That's how it works. If somebody's got it in their head, the interesting part about those kind of debates about uh, bias is that usually people who think they found a bias don't want to have their mind changed. No. Because if they do, their entire uh, anger base comes tumbling down.
1: There's no telling these people, though.
0: No. So anyway, Question Time. Yes, it's not biased, even though the audience sometimes I do think they wish to applaud points that they think makes them look like nicer people. So you always get somebody in the audience go. In fact, Harry, have you seen the Harry Enfield um, Paul Whitehouse? Yes, it's question brilliant. Time, which is superb, and it picks up specifically on this point, uh, usually about bankers. You know, somebody will say, and if you can get your voice to a crescendo. On question time, you get a bigger round of applause. Somebody in the audience will say, it's been too long since politicians have been lying to us. And then, of course, you get a big round of applause and somebody will say, and the only thing worse than those people are those toe-rag bankers. And then you get a bigger (laughs) round of applause on the basis of that. But that's not necessarily a party political point. But yes, no bias. No, I've not been asked.
1: Uh, and finally, Esther, from Jazz the Transformer. Jazz says, <laughs> uh, regarding Ian's mercury story. Now, this was when your dad gave yeah. you a blob of mercury blob to of take mercury to
0: school. In a little Tupperware pot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and in essence, I think the, what uh, Jazz is getting at is the idea of dads giving bad stuff to kids in a more innocent age. Okay. Uh, jazz says, my dad used to work as an antique restorer and once let me take in something he'd recently restored so I could show the class. right. Nice. These days, I'm sure I get into trouble, but back in 1980, a seven-year-old wandering around a primary school (laughs) with a newly-shined and polished samurai sword (laughs) didn't raise any eyebrows. Superb. (laughs) Nobody would have cared. You could have taken an old pistol in, couldn't you?
0: (laughs) And uh, everybody would have just marvelled at it. Look at the lovely woodwork on that. What a beautiful shooting tunnel it's got.
1: Yeah, so if your parents gave you anything which uh, could be deemed dangerous or just wrong to take to school kev at wantstheword.com and we'll, we'll, we'll do the best because I think there's a whole bunch of stories out there, quite frankly. That is it, Kev. Oh, we should do one of these then. Credit stream.
0: And there you go. Seal up your cat flaps. We're done and out of here. Um, we will, of course, keep any questions unused for the next big question special.
1: In-show feature and sponsor music was provided by Bourbon Street Revival. <laughs> and also, uh, Kev McLeod in Compatech.com.
0: Additional music by Manhattan Transfer. Ooh. Yeah. Catering provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. Next week, I think we've got Will Guyatt and LaDonna Harvey somehow. Do we? Or is it one or the other? Neither of them. Find out in around about seven, or maybe nine, days. Until then, goodbye. A Big Things Media Production. (laughs) Big Things! Ian Collins wants a word. Powered by the class-leading Mitsubishi Mirage. Get your top-spec Mirage 3 for just £99 a month. Find out more at mitsubishi-cars.co.uk uh, We've still got loads and loads of questions left, but that's OK. But thank you for everybody. We can use those on... F*** <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>